Hello and welcome to another episode of Virtual Legality. I'm your host, Richard Hogue, managing member of the Hogue Law Business Law Firm of Northville, Michigan. And today in part five of our Last of Us Legalities series, we're going to talk about a topic that was brought to my attention in a number of places regarding whether Sony is actually responsible for the DMCA takedown notices that we have been discussing now for the better part of a couple of weeks. If you aren't familiar with the overall story, suffice it to say, first of all, we have a number of videos on the channel for you to check out, but also someone somewhere leaked all of the cutscenes, a lot of screenshots, a lot of materials out of the Sony Naughty Dog PlayStation 4 exclusive game, Last of Us Part 2, that is now scheduled to be released next month. As part of the internet kind of commenting on those leaks, Sony, through a proxy, took down or submitted takedown notices to YouTube and Reddit and Twitter and elsewhere to have taken down basically everything that refers to the contents of these leaks, including most problematically for a lawyer like me, conversations that are purported to be just that, conversations. No use of screenshots, cutscene material, script material, or otherwise. And so that has been kind of the focus of my series is whether or not that's a DMCA abuse, which in my opinion, I think it is, although there's gray area as always to be argued around. But now this secondary consideration, which is if Sony uses a proxy, are they really actually responsible for what happened here? Now I've pulled up a video, I've titled it, or you can see in the thumbnail to this video that I say, sorry, Joe, Sony is responsible. And that's in response to a video that Angry Joe put up a couple of days ago that suggested that that wasn't the case. I've got a screenshot of the video up right now. I've also got some of the things that he said so that we can talk about them more fulsomely. He starts by saying, update on that video. It appears that Sony and Naughty Dog are not copyright claiming it. And the reference to that video that he makes right here is to the video that he put up about a week before this kind of quote-unquote apology at the start of his next video on this topic that was talking about the spoilers, the actual content present therein. And you can see on your screen, that video has 1.3 million views. Angry Joe is one of the old stalwarts of YouTube, has 3.23 million subscribers. Virtually everything he says is guaranteed to be more heard, more seen, more listened to than anything we put on the Hoaglaw YouTube channel. That being said, I still want to get out there a little bit of corrected information. I think Angry Joe is going out there with the information that he knows. I don't think there's any malice in what he is putting out there on his channel, but I don't think it's entirely accurate. When you've got a video that complains about Sony and Naughty Dog making these strikes, rightly so in my opinion, and then in the next video on the topic, you come out and say right at the front, it appears that Sony and Naughty Dog are not copyright claiming it. The effect is intended to be, in my opinion, to suggest that Sony and Naughty Dog are not responsible for the DMCA takedown notices. He continues by actually saying, the company we discovered is called Musso Limited that is going around in copyright claiming everybody abusing copyright on YouTube. And in case you're worried about the ellipses here, that's not only for space, it's just to cut out a few of the more colorful language considerations that Mr. Angry Joe adds to his videos. But suffice it to say, he has at the start of this new video that has over 500,000 views, I think, even as we write this, that's the earlier video, um, that 
at 565,000 views, there are more people that hear this apology than will ever hear anything that we say in this channel. So hopefully some of this can get back out to Angry Joe, some of the other big YouTubers out there, just so that they get the most accurate and complete information out to their viewership and so that their viewership can understand just a little bit better about what's going on here. Because while it is Musso Limited that has been making these strikes, and I've got their website up here, they claim they are the leading authority in digital piracy. They appear to not only be kind of surveyors of what are copyright infringements and issuing DMCA takedown notices, but also some kind of big data analytics company you see here on Discover. Unlock deeper audience insight with Musso's unrivaled piracy demand data. So they're collecting big data from piracy sites, which adds a whole bunch of interesting privacy and data privacy concerns that I'd be actually interested in kind of talking to them about. Not that that's likely to happen in this space either, but Musso's only the first part of the story. As you can see, when we look at a strike, and I want to give full credit, I saw this strike. I was looking for a copy of how these strikes look, and I saw this on Twitter from a Twitter user named Appabend at Appabend451. They thankfully, and I appreciate it, put up their strike in its entirety, and you can see they got a copyright strike for what they claim was the use of a meme, and some memes are going to be fair use. Some are potentially not going to be fair use. I don't want to get into the legalities of this particular issue now. What I want to talk about is agency theory. And you can see in this strike, this copyright strike received notice, video taken down, that it is claimed by Musso TNT Limited, as Angry Joe rightly said, and as we knew about for a couple of weeks now. The content, however, is The Last of Us 2, and you can see the parenthetical, acting on behalf of Sony Interactive Entertainment Europe Limited. Now, we've seen references to Sony Interactive Entertainment of Europe in places. We've seen references to Interactive Entertainment of America in places. Either way, this is probably a little bit erroneous or at least a little bit deceptive. It's not that The Last of Us 2 is acting on anybody's behalf. It's an inert piece of code. It's just a video game. It can't act on anyone's behalf. It's Musso that is acting on behalf of Sony Interactive Entertainment of Europe. And... If you followed virtual legality, if you followed the series, you know we've looked at the DMCA. That probably makes perfect sense to you. The elements of a notification for a DMCA takedown notice, as we've gone over, require certain bits of information to be submitted, but it doesn't require the copyright owner themselves to do the submitting. You have to be able to claim infringement. You have to be able to put a signature down of someone authorized to act on behalf of the owner. That already implies in the law that it doesn't have to be the owner doing it. And that makes a lot of sense if you really think about it. Because most copyrights are not going to be owned by an individual anyway. And a company, an entity, is a legal fiction. It can't sign things. There always has to be a person on the other end of that pen signing something. So even if you're the vice president of Sony or the president of Naughty Dog and you made this thing in front of you, it's not owned by you personally. It's owned by Naughty Dog, which respectively is owned by Sony and various other contractual capacities might otherwise develop. But you as a human being don't own The Last of Us Part Two. Just like a movie producer doesn't own the movie that was paid for by Warner Brothers or Universal or Disney or whomever. So you always have this situation, and the law rightly calls it out, where you need to get a signature from somebody and that somebody doesn't under the law, own the copyright that you were talking about. That's the most kind of singular 
agency relationship that we're going to talk about here. An employee, a high-level authorized employee of a company that absolutely does own it can 100% sign one of these things, and there's really no doubt about that. But continuing on, as we see at the bottom here, you also have to make a statement under penalty of perjury that the complaining party, that's you, that's Musso in this story, is authorized to act on behalf of the owner of an exclusive right that is allegedly infringed. Now, the allegedly there is doing some work. It doesn't actually have to be correct. You just have to be alleging it. And as we've talked about, you have to make sure that you at least consider fair use and those kinds of things. But you have to sign as Musso under penalty of perjury for the benefit of YouTube that you are authorized to act on behalf of Sony. So that's why in this strike, you see something in the parenthetical that says something along the lines of acting on behalf of, because the DMCA requires that information, which makes sense. If we actually look at the YouTube kind of takedown notice framework, you can see you file for copyright infringement. You say, who is affected? It's my company, organization, or client. You can also say it's you if you're the personal owner of the copyright in question. But notice, or client. You don't have to be signing on behalf of your actual entity that you work at. You don't have to say Musso owns The Last of Us. All you have to do is say that it was for your client. And then YouTube collects more information. Your title or job position, what do they really want to know? In the parenthetical, what is your authority to make this complaint? Because we need to make sure that you have the authority to make the complaint. Now, here's where I stop the video for just a second and say, there is always the possibility that Musso is just flat out lying, that it has no relationship with Sony whatsoever, and they're just going out there and doing whatever they want. I have to give credit to that possibility because I'm not involved in these relationships. And a lot of this is speculative based on what we can see. But the law also speculates on what we can see and what Musso is representing as and what Sony hasn't done by immediately rescinding these takedown notices or otherwise kind of disavowing Musso as its agent suggests that there is a legitimate relationship. And if we actually go back and look at the Musso website, you see here a listing of our clients. And right at the end here is Sony Interactive Entertainment. Now that in and of itself, like all that we're talking about here, doesn't make the case entirely, but it is entirely suggestive of the case. These logos here, these logos aren't owned by Musso, which means, again, assuming that everybody's contracting properly, that they have as a provision in their contract with Sony Interactive Entertainment, the right to use their name and logo on their website for marketing purposes, which while Sony Interactive Entertainment didn't put their logo on their website, they don't control Musso's website, by giving the permission to Musso to put their name and logo on their website, also implies certain things about the agency relationship. If YouTube wanted to go check on whether somebody named Musso can make a strike claim like this, one of the things they would do if they were verifying these manually would be to go and say, oh, okay, yeah, we can see on the client list that Sony is up there. And unless Musso is just a completely fraudulent shell company that has manifested all this on its own, for what reason we can only guess, we can assume that Sony has allowed the use of its logo on this website and that they have a relationship and that's important. Why is that important? Because when you get to section F of the DMCA, remember if you've seen it in virtual legality before, you can actually get in trouble 
for being massively abusive of the DMCA takedown process. Any person who knowingly and materially, materially misrepresents under this section that material is infringing shall be liable for damages against or incurred by the alleged infringer as well as by the service provider, by YouTube itself. And we've talked in this space about how difficult a knowing standard of materiality actually is to establish, but especially not in the gray area cases, not when a screenshot is used, not when a cutscene is used, just when people are discussing things. And that can include the actual content of the leaks. What happens? Previous videos in this series have used the hypothetical because I haven't seen the leaks myself that Joel and Ellie of The Last of Us get abducted by aliens in the third act. And that's the big twist. You can talk about that. That's a fact. And facts can't be copyrighted. You can give your own critique of that as a twist at the end. As long as you're not using the script and the screenshots and the cutscenes, which themselves might be fair use, as long as you don't use those things, you're not even getting into a fair use analysis. You're talking about facts. You're giving critiques. It isn't a copyright issue. So if you get a DMCA takedown notice on that from Musso, I think you've got the best case possible to say this was a deliberate knowing abuse of the DMCA and I should be able to go get damages and make trouble for Musso. But people have come into this space and said, well, what does that matter? Musso is this tiny shell company, we think. We don't know. Nobody actually really knows how these companies are organized internally, but it's certainly not Sony, a giant multinational megalith that definitely has deep pockets that you can go after. But I made this video to say, sorry, Joe, just because Musso is on the tagline doesn't mean that Sony isn't responsible. So I want to talk about agency principle theory of law. And this is going to be very basic. There are entire courses in law school that you can check out if you're so inclined about these topics, a lot of edge cases, a lot of interesting things to think about. But first, I want to talk about it on a kind of general level. So agency principle law is what we would consider a kind of common law consideration or conceit. And that means that it may be different in various jurisdictions. New York principal relationships might be a little bit different than California's. U.S. principal relationships might be different from Europe's. But what we can do is we can look at the overall precepts that most places follow to kind of get an understanding of what's happening here. And to do that, I'm going to bring up a reference to the restatement, the third edition restatement on agency law. And if you're not familiar with this, I just wanted to give a brief primer. Restatements, as said here on the Kent Law Educational website, restatements are secondary sources that seek to restate the legal rules that constitute the common law in a particular area. In drafting a restatement, the ALI divides the law analytically into hundreds of key legal issues or situations and then writes a, loo, uh, writes a law governing that issue or situation based on the rule preferred by the majority of states, or in some instances, the rule preferred by the drafting committee. Sometimes there's some light political work being done in these. But I give that as the primer because we've got a reference here on Google to the actual third edition restatement of agency just to give you kind of conceptually what I think we already understand intuitively. And that is the baseline rule. An agent like Musso is subject to liability to a third party harmed by the agent's tortious conduct. That Musso, you can always sue, right? But a principal is subject to direct liability to a third party harmed by an agent's conduct in certain circumstances. Said another way, Sony is responsible for what Musso does. 
especially if Musso is straight up abusive and has a statutory liability under the DMCA. Now, what are those circumstances? Well, one, if the agent acts with actual authority. So Sony has a contract with Musso that says, do this, do takedown notices as you see fit. And part of that contract will say, you can do it on our behalf, et cetera, et cetera. Now, another part of that contract, just telling you how it is, will also say, you promise not to do anything illegal. You promise not to get us in trouble. But that's not the end of the story. Just because they promised not to do anything illegal, the fact that they did something illegal doesn't get you out of principal liability, not in the US at least, if they were acting with what they thought was the scope of their authority under their contract with you. So a principal is subject to direct liability when the agent acts with actual authority or the principal later ratifies the agent's conduct, which you could also argue by the fact that Sony hasn't stricken them, hasn't acted to prevent future use by Musso of these takedown notice rights, and the agent's conduct is tortious, or the agent's conduct, if that of the principal, would subject the principal to tort liability. Tort is a fun legal word. It basically means a legal wrong. You did something wrong against another party, and you would be liable under the law for it. It's distinct from a contract breach claim. Torts are generally you punch somebody, you hit somebody with your car. In this case, it was you intentionally abused a legal right granted to you in a fashion where the statute actually says, here is your liability for this specific kind of abuse. Sony would also be liable if the principal, Sony, was negligent in selecting, supervising, or otherwise controlling the agent, right? So, Even if you've got in your contract, Musso, don't do these things. Please don't act illegally. We would never want anyone to act illegally. If you know Musso has a history of doing this, or if you don't have proper kind of oversight of what they are doing for you or on your behalf, you can still be held responsible for the actions that they take. Or the principle, Sony delegates performance of a duty to use care to protect other persons or their property to an agent who fails to perform their duty. Now, that's a little bit more specialized, probably doesn't apply here, but the overall concept is the same. If you as Sony have delegated the performance of a duty to use care to someone else, you're responsible for that party's failure to use care. And while Sony doesn't have an obligation to protect YouTubers, conceptually, philosophically, it's the same. They have an obligation not to abuse the law And if you delegate the authority that you otherwise have to go and make these takedown notices to another party, the law wants to say you're responsible for that bulldog you've left out off the chain. When you hire this shark and you let them swim and eat people, that's your responsibility. Finally, the last one I wanted to highlight for you is that Sony can also be vicariously liable, essentially contributorily liable for not doing something directly if the agent commits a tort if Musso does something wrong when acting with the apparent authority in dealing with a third party. That's where that logo on their website comes up because YouTube and other third parties have reason to believe that Sony has vested Musso with, with certain authority and Musso is claiming it as you would expect. So since you've allowed your logo on their website, since it's clear that you can verify that Musso has this relationship with you, the law might well say, okay, YouTube isn't responsible for just dealing with Musso. They thought they were dealing with Sony. Musso claimed they were dealing with Sony and Sony allowed their logo to be used on their website. So Sony is liable. Also, 
with respect to the contract that Musso and Sony might have, even if Sony says, don't abuse the DMCA. It says you might also be liable when Musso acts with actual authority and the agent reasonably believes in accordance with the manifestations of Sony that Sony wishes the agent to so act. There was definitely a phone call or a series of phone calls or emails or conference calls or Zoom calls or what have you when The Last of Us leaks happen and Musso's on retainer and they say, Musso, go get them. Musso didn't just start doing this on their own. That's ludicrous. And it's a quick way to end any contract that you might have with Sony or any other big content owner. So they were acting with instruction or at least discussion from their principal before they did anything. And if it came down to it, if you wound up suing Sony and you got all the way to discovery, you'd go and you'd find these emails. You'd find these exchanges where Sony told Musso to do X, Y, and Z. As we talked about with respect to negligence, Sony, a principal who conducts an activity through an agent, is subject to liability for the harm to a third party caused by the agent's conduct if the harm was caused by the principal's negligence in selecting, training, retaining, supervising, or otherwise controlling the agent. Sony can't just have some kind of shady takedown notice dealer come into their office and say, we'll take care of it for you, boss. And then look the other way, put their head in the sand and say, thanks, we appreciate that. Make sure you don't do anything illegal, otherwise we're going to hum and not listen to what's happening. The law doesn't like that, and it's intuitive why the law doesn't like that. You'd have all sorts of bad actors saying, yeah, okay, this shady guy came into my office, he's going to take care of it for me, and if he gets in trouble, he gets in trouble, but hey, it isn't my fault. The best place for the law to prevent those bad acts is in that interaction for Sony to be responsible for making sure that who they hire doesn't abuse the legal process, doesn't commit torts in its name. And so the law puts those kinds of rules out there. Similarly, with respect to apparent authority, a principal is subject to vicarious liability for a tort committed by an agent in dealing or communicating with a third party on, or purportedly on, behalf of the principal when actions taken by the agent with apparent authority constitute the tort or enable the agent to conceal its commission. That's a lot of legalese, but it says just what we said. If you've got this apparent authority that you've given to Musso by allowing them to use your logo, it's out there for the world to see, then you remain liable when a third party acts on the premise that they're acting on your behalf, even if you haven't given them that authority. Even if your contract is explicit and says, no, Musso, you can't issue takedown notices at all. You have to go through us. We have to approve them. We'll issue them ourselves, but you can find them for us. Even if that's your contract, the world doesn't know that. And so if you go out there with your logo on their website, Musso purports to be acting for you, you don't do anything about it, then you can get in trouble just for the premise of we allowed this thing to happen. Sony is responsible because they haven't done anything about it and because they've allowed their logo to be used on this website. And they have full knowledge of it, at least now, if they didn't before, if we assume that Musso is just a set of fraudsters that never had any connection with Sony. They know now, and they haven't done anything. The comment to this particular rule says, the torts to which this section applies are those in which an agent appears to deal or communicate on behalf of a principal, and the agent's appearance of authority enables the agent to commit a tort or conceal its commission. Such torts include tortious institution of legal proceedings. That's what a DMCA takedown notice is. You don't have to be sending somebody to court. You're using a statute to do something through the law. 
And this would be a tortious institution of legal proceedings if they knowingly and materially lied about the infringement. And yes, Musso's responsible, but Sony would be responsible as well. And I don't even think I'm necessarily telling Angry Joe anything on this. Even in the video where he apologizes a little bit for making this claim in the previous video that has 1 million views, he says, so Sony and Naughty Dog have created this sort of Streisand effect of trying to keep it down. This is in the very same video where he says that Sony and Naughty Dog are not copyright claiming it. These two statements aren't logically consistent. If you want to absolve Sony and Naughty Dog for responsibility, you can't then say Sony and Naughty Dog have created a Streisand effect by trying to keep it down. You're acknowledging tacitly that Sony is responsible for these acts by its proxy, by its agent. And as a matter of fact, in the video that you did earlier, you admitted to this possibility. It says, so I have decided to go ahead and put this up not only to test whether Sony and Naughty Dog and any company working for either of those two companies are abusing the copyright system, which pisses me off, etc., etc. He knows that copyright owners very often work through proxies. Honestly, anybody with 3 million subscribers on YouTube knows that. You get a copyright claim on a piece of music that you use or a video that you use. It's not necessarily coming from the label. It's coming from an outsourced copyright police organization. That's a business model now. So he knows this. He knows this inherently. But part of this story, part of this kind of claim that you get from Angry Joe is that as part of this video, and I didn't clip it out here to actually comment on directly because the specifics aren't important. He also says, hey, two employees from Naughty Dog reached out to me and we're checking that out. We're vetting it, but they want to set the record straight. This is Angry Joe with his 3 million subscribers and his million viewers on this video saying, oh my God, the actual video game company has come to me and said, this is not what is happening. I don't actually know what is happening. So I will rescind this a bit, but not entirely. And you wind up in this kind of limbo space. You wind up with forum posts about how even Angry Joe now has admitted that Sony isn't responsible and can't we all get excited for Last of Us? Hey, I'm excited for Last of Us. I haven't seen these leaks. I haven't watched these discussions. I haven't read the comments or anything along those lines. I might love it. I might hate it. But the point is not that Sony isn't responsible for the acts of its agents. Sony 100% absolutely is. Unless Musso's just lying. And then the set of facts that have occurred since this takedown notice string started don't make a lot of sense. So I think we can dissuade, we can get rid of that argument, and we can just move on and say, hey, I think Sony's responsible. That doesn't mean they're necessarily going to get in trouble. Certainly, if you only had a discussion about these things, you could start looking at your legal actions. But as we've talked about in this space, if you used a clip, if you used a screenshot, while fair use might be the better cause of justice, it doesn't mean that they can't issue that strike. It doesn't mean that they can't issue that takedown notice. And unfortunately, the DMCA, the legal system, the way wealth is used within that legal system create a big problem, especially for smaller YouTubers. You're angry, Joe. You're probably making hundreds of thousands of dollars, if not more, on YouTube. You could defend yourself if necessary. 
If you're someone with a thousand subscribers, if you're somebody like YouTube or somebody like Hoglaw on the YouTube channel with less than 10,000, then you've got your own issues if somebody comes back at you and says, we're going to sue you. We've got a hundred lawyers on retainer and we can make your life miserable through the DMCA. So while I don't think that Angry Joe is acting with malice here, he's not telling the complete story. And hopefully this video told that complete story a little bit better for you. This has been Virtual Legality for today. I've pulled up the playlist for The Last of Us Leaks Legalities series. This is going to go on here. We've now done five videos on this topic. If you are interested in any of this, we talk about Sony's use of proxies. We talk about Sony's absolutely specious and ridiculous claims to back down from leaks prior to this one by essentially accusing major media outlets of theft. We talk about how fair use might be used in this particular respect and how content ID claims are being used essentially against the spirit of the DMCA as well. If you're interested in any of those topics, this whole concept is not just limited to the last of us. We see these kinds of DMCA questions abound all the time. We might wind up doing a short form DMCA series just to talk about how it works, how it doesn't provide liability on its own, how it's mostly a safe harbor from other liabilities. And we might put that in this space because we get a lot of questions on this topic. Otherwise, if you caught this on YouTube, thank you so much for checking it out. And if you listen to it in its podcast form, thank you so much for listening. And I will catch you on the very next episode of Virtual Legality. Virtual Legality is a YouTube video series with audio podcast versions presented as commentary and for education and entertainment purposes only. It does not constitute legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. If you have legal questions about the topics discussed, please consult your own legal counsel.